you have no choice but to keep moving forward. And I think it just, it got me more and more into working more and more, finding different ways with the nonprofit to make it run, how to go out of the startup stage into a work, you know, a true working stage. You know, you just, I just used all my energy, you know, towards the nonprofit during this whole time of being, you know, off my wheels. Listening to the Maximum Enthusiasm Podcast, the exploration of life fully optimized with Megan Hotman. Hey, Maximum Enthusiasm Podcast listeners, welcome back. This episode is brought to you by my friends over at Relish Studio. Check them out on the web at relishstudio.com. They are a digital marketing firm devoted to purpose-driven business leaders, and their goal is to guide and support their customers as they realize the full potential of marketing to fuel both business and personal growth. Speaking from personal experience, I have worked with Relish on websites, logo design, and in fact, the editing of this very podcast. I can't say enough about them. And my friend Stu is just a wonderful human. He is totally in alignment in terms of environment and sustainability, two things I'm very passionate about. And in fact, their entire business is a 1% for the planet partner which means they're giving back a percentage of their revenue to environmental causes and organizations. I just love these guys. I can't say enough about them. If you decide to check them out and you want to hire them for a new job, make sure you mention the Maximum Enthusiasm podcast to them, and they will offer you a 10% discount off of their normal rate on their first engagement with you. Check them out, relishstudio.com. Hey, listeners, welcome back to the Maximum Enthusiasm podcast. I am so excited on this snowy November morning to bring you amazing boss lady, Mama Madison, as she is known, aka Sharon Madison, the woman at We Ride For, an incredible cycling community and organization that um, not only connects people who are similarly minded in their shared love of cycling, but also benefits the organizations that it sponsors and raises money for in very significant and deep ways, including Lucky Bikes, Lucky to Ride in Denver, as well as the Pueblo Road Warriors, which is a cycling um, team or club based out of a high school in Tucson. And Sharon's story has always really captivated me. We've known each other for years through cycling, although we never really uh, competed against each other. I think it's safe to say we've always had this shared mutual respect for one another. We also both have a long um, history of being spin instructors and sort of group exercise leaders. And 
Um, I've just always appreciated Sharon and all that she does in the world and have followed her on social media for quite some time and have really just been um, blown away by the the work that she does, the things that she accomplishes, and have uh, especially appreciated her um, grace and her attitude when she has been through some pretty significant life events um, in the last eight or so years, uh, several very significant life events. And she seems to still just portray such a um, willingness to keep learning and seeing what lessons these events hold for her. And not only that, the ways uh, that she can continue to inspire those around her. She seems very called to be a force for good. And I am just constantly blown away by all that she accomplishes and achieves. So I felt she'd be a perfect guest for the show. Uh, If you want to read more about her cycling organization, if you are somewhere where you're not driving and you can take notes, write down we ride for it's the number four dot org, and that'll take you to their website where you can learn all about Sharon and the group and all the things that they're up to. Um, we'll also mention in the show notes some of the other links and references um, that she uh, makes during her interview. And um, just a shout out and call to action again if you're listening and you have any used cycling items, apparel, equipment, bikes, kits, helmets, and so on, their organization would love to receive your items so that they can repurpose them to these youth that they work with. So I hope this uh, episode, as per all of our episodes and our goal in general, I hope it boosts your mood and brings you some enthusiasm wherever you are when you're listening to this podcast and hope you learn some things from it and that it leaves you feeling inspired and uplifted. And thanks again for listening. And here we go with Sharon Madison. Good morning, listeners. Welcome back to the Maximum Enthusiasm podcast. This morning, I am joined by Wonder Woman, Sharon Madison. Sharon, welcome to the show. Thank you. Thank you. It's so great to be here. Thank you for having me. Oh, my gosh. I'm so excited to dig in with you. For our listeners who may not know, Sharon is the head boss lady at We Ride For, which is an amazing organization that she's going to tell us about, a giant cycling club with members in multiple places, and you've just like galvanized this incredible community. I mean, it's really a testament to your energy and and what you stand for. When do you sleep? <laughs> I, that's the thing. I don't sleep. I need to sleep. <laughs> I've become this little workaholic I need to back away from. But, you know, we'll get there. We're working on it. And I can tell it's such a labor of love for you. And it's just an incredible thing that you've built. So um, let's let's get there. But let's start at the beginning. You and I have known each other through bike racing for years. And then we've kind of followed along each other as we've moved past the bike racing into other ways that we're giving back to cycling. But what who is Sharon Madison? Where are you from? And, and what what were you like as a kid? So I am from Nebraska, a town of 100 people. And we had 10 kids in my family. So I was second to the youngest. So a big, big Catholic family back there in Nebraska. What part Um, of the state? Just because I'm from Omaha. Yeah, southeast corner. So just, you know, 100 miles south of Highway 50, which I'm sure you know where Highway 50 is. So way down there. Okay. Okay. There you have it. So, um, you know, born and raised there, um, you know, 
no money. Uh, you know, we did everything. You know, we gardened. I would be out detasseling corn when I was 10 years old. And, you know, we worked all the time. So I think that's where I get my drive uh, because we had to work to survive. And that's, you know, how it was growing up. I mean, it was just, you know, go, 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 work, work, work. So I think that's where I get my drive, um, you know, and then just left there and then made my way out to Colorado. I've been out in Denver since 81 and um, just started building my life there. And I used to be in uh, fashion. Um, you know, I managed Polo Ralph Lauren for 11 years. I did not know this about yeah. you. <laughs> so I had a whole fashion background. I worked in retail. Then I, after Polo Ralph Lauren, I went to wholesale. Uh, so just a big fashion background, but I really kind of got burnt out on it. And then I moved more into the fitness segment and that's where you and I have common. You were teaching spin. I was teaching spin. So that's we right. had that, which we were both kind of doing, I think around the same time. Yeah. yeah. So, yeah. And then where did I, you know, then from there, I was asked by this other nonprofit if I would help build up a cycling club for them um, and get things moving to be a marketing tool for their nonprofit. So I did that for six years and then COVID kind of changed everything. Um, you know, so I think there was kind of a knee jerk reaction and then I got laid off and I was like, oh my gosh. And it truly was like going through a divorce, you know, I was like, and so it was very hard, but everybody was like, Sharon, why don't you do your own thing? You can do your own thing. And I was scared to death. They said, no, you can do this. And I had to wrap my head around it. It's like, I, you know, I was scared to death. So I wrapped, I had to wrap my head around it and say, okay, I can do this. Amazing. Um, so, yeah, so that's kind of where We Ride For started, um, COVID. Um, and it truly was what happened at that time. I mean, I was so upset about it, but it was the best thing that ever happened to me. But you don't see it until later. Out of every negative comes a positive, but it takes a while to see it. But, you know, when you see it, it's really good. So anyway, um, that's how the We Ride For started, and it just took off. I mean, they said to me, what if you have just 50 members in one year? If it's only 50, who cares, you know? What's the big deal about 50? And I was like, you know, still worried. I don't know. In the first year, it was like, I think, 200 members. Um, so <laughs> yeah, it's a very large cycling organization. Yes. yes. And now we're over to 300. We're between, I don't know, 300, 325 is kind of where we sit right now. Amazing. Um, you know, in the cycling club. Um, and the memberships do help support the two nonprofits. So I'm about sharing the love. Um, we started out our first year with Cottonwood Institute. They got kids in the outdoors. Um, and then this year we have Lucky to Ride in Denver and the Pueblo Road Warriors here in Tucson. So cool. um, but our mission is we ride to give and it's to get more kids in the outdoors. So we do stay more towards the kids is where we go when we choose our nonprofits. And we hang on to it for a few years and then we kind of, you know, decide to make a change. Like I said, share the love. 
you know, there's plenty of nonprofits out there who can use our help. So. So amazing. I love that you said out of every negative comes a positive because that was kind of my impression of your life theme. And maybe it wasn't always that way, but I guess just since you and I have been more closely connected in the last, I don't know, five or six years, give or take, you've had some pretty tremendous events come your way, some pretty significant ones. And, um, and your, your investment in children, especially in getting more kids in the outdoors, um, really seems to be very deeply on your heart. And so I know you had a pretty significant event happen in 2016. What are you willing to, to share about that, that, that might uh, inform our listeners? So in 2016, I lost my son very unexpectedly. Um, I don't wish it on anybody. I, let me tell you, I don't wish it on anybody. Uh, he was 27 years old. He had a unbelievable, fabulous job with United Launch Alliance, um, you know, just really up there in the rankings and just, um, just unbelievable. Um, him and I, we were like in so many ways because, you know, we worked all the time, we were driven and, you know, we, we were just similar in so many ways, but unfortunately on election nine in 2016, he was working late because there was going to be a rocket launch um, out of Vanderburg that Friday. And uh, he did a lot of the IT stuff. And so he was working late on it. And all they can figure out is he, um, and the reason I'm telling my story, because somebody thinks, everybody thinks, and I think you might've mentioned labeling in something that you put out there, how p- people get labeled. Or I read somewhere just recently about labeling. And I think because he's 27, everybody automatically thinks he committed suicide, um, which is interesting because I did just read this big article, how they lay, people label things. And he didn't, he was at work, he was working, um, he was working late and he felt like he was going to get sick and he grabbed the wastebasket and he ended up passing out head first, going in the wastebasket and he fixated and passed away. And I mean, the worst nightmare ever, because we are all supposed to, you know, our children are supposed to outlive us. So it was two weeks of a blur. um, But I just told myself, and I then had the old cycling club in the community. And these communities I've built, the old one, the new one, I could not get be where I am today without them or get through these different traumatic things that have happened in my life, if it wasn't for them. And that community, they pulled through for me. They helped me get through it. And I just knew Eric would be saying, mom, put one foot in front of the other. Keep going. You can do this. Keep going, mom. And so I always look for signs. A lot of people, some people believe in signs. Some people don't. And I definitely believe in signs and I watch for them and those signs help me keep going. Uh, so that kind of happened, you know, I went through that. Um, I actually got divorced a year before that, after being with my ex for almost 30 years, great guy. Um, we still are friends. Thank God. That's amazing. So it's like, you know, you have that and then it goes, I went right into this and then, you know, then you go into, um, getting laid off with the other nonprofit, but there's some, you have to find your drive. And I just, I, you have to dig deep. I mean, 
as you know, sometimes we have to dig super deep and you just dig deep and then you figure out, okay, I can get through this. I can get through this. And you just, you have to try to find the positive and move on. You can't dwell on the negative. You can't say, why me? We'll never know why me. And a lot of people always go, why me? Why me? And they fixate on why me? Why me? You can't do that. I mean, you get nowhere. You get stuck. And so you just have to find out, figure out different ways to keep, you know, moving forward. And sometimes I think these life experiences that aren't so good um, do help you move forward and try to become a better person. So we have to just kind of, you know, look at those different things and just keep going, keep going. Amazing resilience and tenacity. Incredibly, I mean, talk about a life-altering experience. Um, it seems like when the going gets rough, Sharon really falls back on the things that she knows um, can support her. So you've mentioned community several times. I know you're big into health and wellness. Health is a huge top um, priority for you. And it also seems like you're really good about staying present, even in the suck, where I think a lot of us try to kind of rush through it, especially something as traumatic as losing your son like that. I imagine there's a, a tendency to want to kind of rush through the grief. And instead, you're being really intentional and present and actually seeking signs. Um, you know, where, where does that come from, do you think? Where does that willingness to embrace it all come from? You know, I, I don't know where it comes from. I just think of just different things that happened during, you know, I've happened during my life and I just, I think I know a lot of people it's poor me, poor me, poor me. And I've always said, I don't want to be that poor me person. You know, I want to just keep moving forward and going forward. And I think it's just seeing different people in my life who can't move forward and who get so stuck. And you just have to keep moving forward. Yeah, it's a roller coaster. Life is a roller coaster, up and down, up and down, up and down. I mean, that's what my meditation was on this morning, the roller coaster of life, the anxiety of life. I mean, we all have, right? you know, we all have it, but you have to find ways to try to stay positive and move forward, you know, let go of that negative, move forward um, and just mm -hmm. not get stuck. And it's not easy. Oh, trust me. It's, it's not easy. I mean, no. as you know, we've been through it. It's not easy. And then the bumps in the road, <laughs> you know, and then they continue. <laughs> yeah. You seem, you have a really healthy relationship with that. What comes to mind is the second to youngest of 10 I imagine in a group of 10 kids, there's probably one of each sort of personality type that we encounter in the world. And you, as one of the youngest, probably have an immense like front row seat to witnessing different personalities, different ways that people were choosing, your siblings were choosing right. to deal with things. I'm wondering if you had this sort of role playing unfolding in front of you with these other eight older siblings, these personalities where you were like, I want to be more like that one. I'm choosing not to adopt that person's staying in the suck or poor me mentality. Do you think that that's what's made you such an observer and such an intentional um, human in your own life? Is, is that? Um, I would say to a certain extent, yes. You know, um, 
you know, you sit there and, you know, my parents were married for 74 years. Was it a happy marriage? Mm, I don't know. You know, I don't think so. Um, but they survived together and how they did things and they always like yelled at each other, et cetera. And I'm like, uh-uh, that's not happening to me. That's not me. I do have a bad habit of sometimes closing down. Um, I am sensitive. I'm a very sensitive person. My mom used to always say, oh my gosh, anybody looks at you wrong, you cry. I mean, she always called me her sensitive child. So I always got labeled as her sensitive uh-huh. child. Um, I am, yeah, I am definitely probably, you know, on the sensitive side. Um, but you know, I did, you looked at, I did, you know, you're right. I looked at my parents and I looked at their marriage and you, you know, you kind of just look at the siblings and, you know, um, and it does kind of direct you kind of where you want to go. Um, I am very lucky. All of us get along. We, get along. we had a zoom last night, as a matter of fact, um, we all get along. I know there's a lot of families where there's a lot of fighting among siblings. Um, we get along. I mean, when we get together, we have a great time. We're good for two to three days. See you later. Bye. Onward we go. Um, <laughs> but I would say in that section, we are all so totally different. I'm probably the most different of all my siblings. Oh. Um, definitely. Um, but I love the fact that, you know, we can, we all get along. So, you know, we all accept each other for who we are. That's huge. You know, and it's just, I think just the little town upbringing and the values we're raised with yeah. in those little towns. Yeah. It's so it, funny. So people always called me during racing, but we were, you know, never really raced together against each other. But I was always known as Mama Madison. Everybody always called uh, me Mama. So I always got the name Mama. It was kind of funny. But um, I also don't swear and I'm probably one of the few human beings who don't swear, but I think my mom, you know, it was said in us like, you don't swear, you don't swear. And it was ingrained in this so much, but they would laugh because, you know, I would never swear. So racing, I always got a grief, but there was one time I did let some word come out that wasn't appropriate. And they all started laughing. Mama swore, mama swore. So they've never let me, you know, live that down. But um, it is amazing kind of, you know, what we do. We learn from our childhood and Mm -hmm. we learn from our upbringing. And, you know, how we just kind of, you know, I wanted to go somewhere and do something. I was raised in a little town. I didn't want to be stuck in this little town. So I just had to find ways to move on and grow and grow into the person I am. Um, And I would say since my divorce, I have grown immensely. I mean, I had to learn to take care of myself, be very independent. Um, You know, I learned so much from that. So again, you know, it's, it's, they're all those life learning lessons and you have to learn from them. And a lot of people, just keep going through the same thing. They don't learn from them, but it's, you have to learn from every lesson you encounter through your life, you know? (laughs) And for me, it seems like it's lately, it's been a lot. (laughs) It's been a lot. Yeah. uh, I work with a coach in really a spiritual realm. And she says often in these moments of 
dark night of the soul, you can either answer the call or choose not to answer the call. But when we choose not to answer the call being sort of this, uh, direction of let's pivot, let's grow, let's transform. Um, we will keep being exposed to the same lesson or the same uh, type of experience until we really do transform or transmute from that experience. And I think that's exactly what you're talking about is each time you've had a major event, a major um, pivotal moment in life, you have transformed, you've answered the call, uh, which is not easy. And I do think a lot of people, myself included, uh, we're prone to try to run away from it or avoid it or numb out from it or distract from it. or And you just seem to be really good at kind of taking things head on and saying, what do I want to do with this? What do I want to take from this? Where do I want to go from here? Uh, I just, there's a lot of intentionality that I perceive in your life and your decisions. Yes. Yes. So what took you from Nebraska to Colorado? Was it that desire to move out of the small town? I was- just, yep. I had to get out of the small town and just find a big city. You know, at one point I kept saying, you know, maybe I want to go to New York. I don't know why I had that idea, but big city. I was like, I want to test the waters in a big city. So anyway, I got into fashion merchandising. I got into a fashion merchandising course out there in Denver. And and basically that's kind of what took me to Denver. I did have two brothers who lived in Denver. So that helped, you know, so, you know, that kind of just, you know, got me there. And then, I mean, how can you not like Colorado and the great (laughs) outdoors? And, um, you know, I'm over the winters, as you know, that's why I'm down here in Tucson, but the summers there are amazing. So I love, you know, I do love being back there. I'll never give up my home there. Um, you know, because just, it's just, it is amazing. It is. So I just went and just built a new life there in Colorado. And that's how I just kind of like ended up there. Super cool. Yes. Yes. So yeah, you mentioned the, we'll kind of pick back up in your life chronology. You mentioned the the layoff of the former nonprofit. Um, You mentioned it was a bit of a knee jerk reaction. and And I know there was a lot of that in the world when, when COVID unfolded, um, that spring of 2020. And so, um, kind of talk us through those next few years. You, you, as you said, you, you were getting prompted from others in your community that had a bigger belief in yourself. It sounds like than you believed in yourself and, um, and you've had a couple other significant, uh, health events since then. So talk us through these last few years. Yes. So, um, we got We Ride for Up and Going, um, and it's been amazing. We opened a chapter. We have a chapter in Denver. We also have a chapter in Tucson, uh, which I did mention. Um, and since I am in Tucson, I'll just talk about that yeah, a little yeah, bit. We of have course. The Pueblo Road Warrior Kids, it's a high school in South Tucson. Um, and, you know, there is no money there. And they, the teacher, Ernesto, who is amazing, has built up a cycling club. And in this um, cycling club, he's getting kids out on bikes. And so what we've done over the last couple of years, we've worked with them. I've gotten bikes donated from um, different members in Denver. I actually, this week, because we have L Tour going on, which the kids are riding in. Awesome. 
eight bikes making their way down here with different members this week, which oh, I'm yeah. so excited. Um, some of them were donated and some of them, you know, we ride for, bought for them so the kids can have new bikes. Their bikes are, some of them are very old, but to them, they're new. That's um, so you know, we help keep the bikes cleaned up. Um, I remember one time we put handlebar tape on one of the bikes. They, it was like a brand new bike. Oh, I was yeah. so excited thinking, oh my gosh, I have a brand new bike. So you can do the littlest thing to their bikes and it's like a brand new bike. And amazing. so they're amazing kids. Uh, they're not glued to their phones. Like awesome. a lot of kids are. Yes. They look you in the eyes. They talk to you. They tell you their stories. And I think what they like is you communicate with them and you talk to them. Um, you know, they a lot of them don't have that in their home settings. And so, you know, they get that. And um, there's one kid now, he's so cute, but he's, you know, he was writing and he was getting stronger and doing so well. But then he also wants to play football. And then, so that's difficult because he can't do both. Mm-hmm. But then he's struggling with his grades. And so that's very hard too. And I've said, yes. I've told him many times, I says, I'm here for you. And he feels bad. He goes, did I disappoint you? Oh. Like, no, you have not disappointed me. I'm so proud of you. I said, but I could tell you're kind of down. So anytime you want to talk, I'm here for you. Reach out. You There's know, that Mama Madison. Yep. I'll talk. I'm here. Um, That's amazing. Another kid last year. Um, so he's basically was like almost one of the only white kids in the school and they called him white boy. Oh, wow. And so I asked him, I said, does that bother you that they call you white boy? And he goes, no, it's terms, uh, terms of endearment. Oh, wow. So he, you know, they, it was a good way is what they yeah. said. Yep. So then I asked him, cause he always said he had to get home to take care of his 15 year old brother and he couldn't hang out a lot. So I asked him one day, I said, where is your mom? And he says, I lost my mom like a oh. year or so, you know, before a couple of years ago and he lost his mom. And his dad works all the time. So he's taking care of his 15-year-old, making sure he gets his homework done, this and that, which is a huge responsibility because oh, yeah. he was a senior at the time. And but you know, they they all they just they all share their stories and their lives aren't easy. No. But you get them out on bikes and you see the excitement and the joy and the smiles on their face when they're out riding their bikes. So mm-hmm. um they're adorable. I mean, these kids are adorable. We ride for just bottom New Jersey's. Uh, oh, cool. So, you know, Primal is our clothing sponsor. And so I just designed a jersey for them and, you know, just placed an order. And we did that two weeks ago. We gave them their new jerseys. Again, I can't oh. tell you how excited they were. Like Christmas, I'm jerseys. sure. Absolutely. Oh. And they're going to wear them when they ride to... Uh, El Tour de Tucson, and uh, they're all going to do the 62-mile route. Wow. Um, yeah, so it's just an amazing group of kids, and the excitement and joy I get just working with them and being around them. Um, like one of the girls, I gave her all my old We Ride for kids, you know, because every year we get new kids. Mm-hmm. I order four every year. So that's all I wear. And so she could not believe it. Like you said, it was like Christmas. I, she had this bag and it had 
arms and knees and vest and, you know, the jerseys, the bibs, oh. it had everything in there. And her excitement was amazing. Um, just, and just seeing the joy you bring them. Um, I had some donations from Denver. Somebody gave me a helmet, you know, Amazing. this one kid, he goes, I want the helmet. I had a few other old, we ride for jerseys and I knew which size the kids kind of all needed. And I gave them those because when they're out riding their bikes, I want to see them in the, we ride for clothes, but totally. they think they'll, you know, they, they, you know, they just need all different things and whatever you give them, it's to them, it's brand new. It's, you know, our junk is their treasure. Let me tell you, they just love it. Well, good on you for being that conduit. And I think this is a good time. And I'll mention this in the show notes as well. I'll include the We Ride For website so that people can contact you. But really as a direct call to action to our listeners, many of whom are in the cycling community, um, that Sharon and the We Ride For group will make sure that used uh, cycling items, equipment, apparel, what have you, will be sent to a really good home. And, um, and the best way they can do that is to reach out to you on the website. It's weride4.org, correct? Yes. Yes. Uh, and it's the number four. We it's ride four. four. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. Um, and reach out, connect with Sharon, uh, either ship stuff to you or have it picked up. And those, those items will be very much appreciated. And yes. uh, I've got a box full of stuff headed your way and I'm so excited to see it repurposed. And it, it also serves a purpose selfishly to me, which is eradication of stuff from my home that I don't need anymore and can Absolutely. responsibly um, repurpose and, and send to a new home. So Absolutely. that's awesome. Yes, we take anything. We have in January, we'll probably have some more donations coming out this way, a couple bikes, so we can get that in the January shipment that's heading out this way that someone's kindly bringing. Um, and then whatever, if we if the kids have enough, then we have Lucky Bikes in Denver, which is part of Lucky to Ride, which is the nonprofit we support in Denver um, and Lucky Bikes, they take, you know, used by, you know, everything used bikes, used components, clothing, etc. cetera. Um, so anyway, they can use anything that we can't get, you know, out here to Tucson. So uh, we're happy to Super take neat. anything and find some wonderful homes for it. Thank you so much for making those kids lives better. I cannot wait to come and, hopefully join you for a ride with some of those kids this winter. And I just really appreciate the effort and the, again, the intentionality, um, you were really intentional and on purpose with the nonprofits that you partner with. And I know it means probably more than you'll ever know to those communities. You're really truly changing lives in a deep, deep way. It's so neat to Thank see you. that. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah. So that, that was, um, that was the birth of the sort of traumatic it being was. letting go from, from the, former nonprofit, the sort of advent of COVID. And then, um, and then you had a health scare. Yes. So, um, a year ago, um, in September, well, July, the end of July I was diagnosed with breast cancer, which does not run in the family. And it was like a shock. I'm like, where is this coming from? And so um, basically two weeks, and this is what people need to know, two weeks before I was diagnosed, I went in for my yearly, you know, checkup. Yep. And, um, you know, the doctor says everything was fine. Um, we did talk about hormones. I was on hormones. 
Um, and we talked about it. And she goes, no, you're doing great. Stay on him. I was questioning it if I should go off because you do hear a lot about estrogen can create cancer, et cetera. Um, and I was on them for 10 years. Mm-hmm. If I did it all over again, would I do 10 years? No. Would I maybe do five years? Maybe, you know, um, but, you know, but again, I'll never know, is that what created the cancer? So why worry about it? Cause I will never know the answer. Right. Um, so anyway, I went to her, she says, everything fine. Everything was great. And then it was, I was on a Sunday and I remember John just came up to me, my significant other, and who's helped me find We Ride For and, you know, keep it going. And so I do have to give him a lot of credit because if he was not by my side, I could not be where I am today. So um, anyway, so he just gave me a hug and I was like, oh, and it was, I had pain and I was like, what's going on here? And then it immediately, I felt a lump and I was like, how could the doctor of not, you know, when she checked my breast, how could she not have felt this lump? It was not little, it was big. So it just, it's, you know, it freaked me out, scared me. So of course, then Monday I called her and I said, you know, I found a lump, I need to get a mammogram. So I went in for the mammogram and they said, could not find it, but they knew there was a lump there. So they said, we have to do an ultrasound. And so all this is happening when I'm putting on our We Ride for three-day road event, which we leave for that Thursday afternoon, I think it was. And this was, you know, Monday I was in there. And then they said, or Tuesday. And so then they do the ultrasound. And they knew immediately. I mean, oh, she wow. came back in. Usually, you know, they'll say, we'll look. And she said, Sharon, I'm almost certain you have breast cancer. Holy and I'm God. like, and it was just like, it just punched me in the stomach. I'm oh. like, what, what, how? So I'm thinking, how am I going to get through this weekend? You know, and I didn't even want to say anything. I didn't want to talk about it. So she says, we have to do a biopsy. Okay, fine. Um, so I said to her, as I start crying, please, please do it as soon as possible. Don't put me on hold forever. And that's what happens. Oh, come back in two weeks and we'll do the biopsy. And it's all, it becomes a waiting game. Oh yeah. So needless to say that Thursday they did the biopsy and you still don't know. I'm there trying to get my act together, act like nothing's going on, leading this great event. We do these club events every year. And, um, I'll never forget this is it was the last day. Cause I think, yeah, cause it was Friday, Saturday, Sunday, we rode those three days and that Sunday it's, we were coming back and it starts pouring rain. And I was like, and my phone kept ringing and ringing oh. and ringing. And then it was 303, 320, 320, means Rose Hospital. Okay. Okay. So I know that any 320 number, it's going to be anybody connected with the Rose Hospital. And I knew it wasn't good news because, you know, which I already kind of knew anyway, but I knew for sure then it wasn't good news. And so I just waited till I got back to my hotel room and made the call. And then 
Mm. That's, you know, everything just starts plugging away. Um, so it was, it was tough. I did not say anything to anybody because you have appointments after appointments after appointments. And, you know, you have an oncologist, then you have your surgeon, then you have the plastic surgeon and, and it just went on and on and on. And it was a month of appointments and waiting game, but I just, I had to keep running the club. I had to keep things going. I didn't need, you know, I didn't want distractions anywhere. And so I didn't, and I will never forget. So I'm, I wrote a letter, an email, and because I knew everybody would wonder because Sharon leads all these rides. You know, we have rides during the summer, you know, five days, you know, seven days a week we have rides, you know, during the summer. And I knew everybody would be wondering, where is Sharon? Because at first you want to keep it private, but then I'm figuring out how can I keep this private? Sharon disappears for, you know, two months, you know. So I knew I had no, the only thing I can do, I, so I refocused my thinking, okay, telling your story might save somebody else's life. So great. What a great pivot. So I just had to take a step back. I then had this email. I went into surgery. When I was in surgery, that email went out to oh, all wow. the club members explaining what was going on. And it was amazing The you know, you wake up and there's a thousand emails and text and this and that. And when you're laying there with nothing to do, um, you know, it was, it was just amazing how everybody in the community just came out for me. And I will, I'll never forget that. They were amazing. The outpouring of love was truly amazing. And I can tell you again, I could not have gotten through that whole event without them. I did a double mastectomy with reconstruction. Uh, it, then they told me it didn't go into a lymph node. Then I go back to my surgeon and she said it did go into a lymph node. So then I had to do radiation five days a week for five weeks. Oh. Um, so that was like another punch in the stomach. Um, but you have no choice but to keep moving forward. And I think it just, it got me more and more into working more and more, finding different ways with the nonprofit to make it run, how to go out of the startup stage into a work, you know, a true working stage. You know, you just, I just used all my energy, you know, towards the nonprofit during this whole time of being, you know, off my wheels. And then I asked, so it was so funny. Then I asked, I said, okay, I need walking buddies. That's you right. know, I, need, I need a walking buddy. So it's so funny. I advertised you guys do the club page, you know, I need walking buddies. Who wants to be my walking buddies? Oh my gosh. I have never had so many fabulous walking buddies in my life. And I loved it. It brought me so much joy. And if it was just a block, it was a block. And then we went to two. And then I kept working my way up to get around Sloan's Lake. I was like, I have to work my way up around Sloan's Lake and home. But you know what? It was great because I really got to know so many of these people. When you're riding a bike, yeah, you talk, but you don't get to know truly somebody. And I, that was the best thing ever. 
I loved my walking dog, you know, walking buddies. I met all their dogs, all the ones who had dogs. You met all these different dogs they have. And you learn so much about individuals. So to the point where a club formed out of it. We stepped for. We stepped for. Amazing. (laughs) We moved on to another thing. Amazing. Yes. Yes. So anyway, um, that's kind of what's going, you know, that's kind of what happened through that whole time. And then finally I got, was able to come down to Tucson last November, um, just in time for L tour, uh, because I just finished up my radiation and then we got down here and then, um, got back on my bike finally, you know, which was, you know, so exciting to be back on the bike. And we were, uh, you know, biking and then doing the gravel biking and it was so exciting. And then February 13th, I'm out gravel biking in the Patagonia area and my gravel bike hit like, I don't know, it was like a sand pit. My bike stopped. I flew off. I mean, I was only going nine miles an hour because the guy next to me skidded. So we slowed way down, but unfortunately it stopped. I flew off and the way I hit then, you know, my whole life changed again. (laughs) So then on that, I had to be airlifted out. Um, I mm. fractured my pelvic ring in two spots. I fractured my sacrum. I fractured a couple ribs. And here I go all over again. I mean, literally back in the saddle just to be yes. thrown to the ground. Yep, literally. So mm. anyway, I just, I had to find my way to kind of you know, get myself back. And, oh, that, that I would say that was probably even a little tougher. Probably because you couldn't walk, right? Walk, you know, and (sighs) you know how it is. You've been there and, you know, um, you're just fine. How am I going to get around? You're homebound. And then you just go stir crazy. And then I was definitely trying to keep use We Ride For to keep me busy. But it was, it was tough. And finally I just said to John, I don't care what it takes. Get me in the car and get me out of here. Just take me somewhere. I don't Mm -hmm. care. A car ride, wherever. I don't care how much it hurts getting in the car. I just need to get out of these four walls here. Good for knowing that. Good for knowing that. So again, I had to start all over and learn to walk slowly. Mm -hmm. Um, and learn to walk crutches with crutches. And, um, you know, I did, I just, I kept going, going. Then I was hiking with crutches. I was doing crazy things with crutches. I did a hike last week thinking, (laughs) oh my gosh, what was I doing? Thinking, doing this hike with my crutches, climbing these boulders and everything else. I don't know. My crutches and I became best friends. People hate their crutches. I think they need to be fitted, right? Mine were fitted perfect. You don't lean. Everybody likes to lean on those handles. Then their underarms get sore. Yeah. You don't do that. You have to use the handles down here. You don't use the underarm. And my crutches and I were Beth's friends. And then at, you know, eight weeks when she says, well, why don't you start, you know, get yourself off the crutches? Like I was scared to death. They were like my best friend. I didn't want to give up my crutches, but I did. And then I just used walking poles. And, you know, just kind of found different ways. And um, so I was off a long time. I was off until the end of July. Um, That's right. That was a big. Unfortunately, my bones 
they weren't healing. They didn't want to heal. Even my doctor, when she saw me in May, was a little concerned. She didn't tell me that. But, you know, when she saw me in July, she was like, oh, thank God, you know, you're finally healing because she was concerned. Um, I am on an estrogen blocker medication for my breast cancer, which plays havoc on the bones. I was just going to ask. Plus, I'm sure the radiation didn't help either. Yes. So I think that created a lot of issues with the healing. Um, they wow. gave me a, um, I think it's Zonetta like this. It's an infusion for your bones in May. And so I think the doctor thinks that's why between May and July, there was a lot of healing and she saw a big difference um, wow. because of that infusion they gave me. So I do those infusions every six months. Um, you know, you find the new norm in your life. Your life won't be the same. They it totally changes. Um, I try to, you know, tell other friends who have come down with breast cancer that you have to find the new norm, you know, mm-hmm. um, yeah, my body hurts a lot. It hurts a lot because of the meds and this and that, but you have to try not to think about it, dwell on it. Sure. Um, I would love, I asked the doctor last time I saw her a few weeks ago, can I just get off this medication? It is killing me. She said, 34% odds of your cancer coming back. If you do, I'm like, Oh. I'm like, okay, Sharon, put your big girl panties on and just let's go. You got this. So you just have to keep, you know, pushing through it. Yeah, there you have your ups and downs and, you know, there's struggles with it, but you just have to keep moving forward. You just find the new norm in your life. Mm-hmm. Um, but again, it's my We Ride for Community that keeps me going. I mean, they truly, they, it keeps me going. And I'm just very lucky that I have like 325 children. So, (laughs) well, you may characterize it as luck from those of us looking in from the outside. I would say it's also a testament to what you've created and also the way you've poured into all these people. And so for me, it comes as no surprise that they would pour back into you just because the way your, your love for that group is, is so above and beyond Um, But one theme I just kind of consistently heard through both of those experiences was when you're really down, I feel like part of your medicine is you pivot to who can I care for? Who can I focus my energy and my attention on rather than, like you said, sitting and dwelling? And and I know you have bad days. We all have, you're a human. We all have bad days. You're not a robot. But instead of just letting that take you down a spiral, it seems like you pop up and you say, who can I bless? Who can I bless? Yes. Is that fair to say? Yeah. Is that a fair no, assumption? That, yeah, that is fair to say. Um, I've always been a caregiver, I would say. You know, I love helping people, you know, and I care for people. So, you know, I do put my energy there. Mm-hmm. Who, can I, who can I take care of now? Yeah. And that comes with, uh, you and I have talked about boundaries a fair bit, just in our interpersonal texts and things. That comes with um, also kind of knowing when the giving can tip into, um, uh, over giving or just like, you know, we all face burnout too, for a variety of reasons. So do you have some really strong boundaries in place or are you at least aware of your guardrails? I know, especially people that are prone to be givers are at greater exposure to that, that burnout from giving so much. How do you take care Um, of yourself? I would say I'm not great there. I'm working on it. And thanks to you because oh. you, I mean, you have given me, you know, so many tips and ideas and you have said oh, cool. to me many times, Sharon, be careful so you don't get burnout. 
um, you know, take time for you. I mean, you have just, I think all your posts on social media and just the personal texts we have done together. Um, I've learned a lot from you. Oh, um, that's such a great compliment. Yes, Thank you. Yes, I yes. just want you to be able to take care of yourself because you're such a, a bright light for everyone. Thank you. But, um, yes. So, um, I am truly working on it. You know, you're, I'm always, I'm trying to now just kind of work on the next step kind of with, you know, help with marketing, social media. I, you know, interviewed a few companies and, um, I, I, it's time to take that next step and to release a few things and let somebody else take care of it. Um, I do mm -hmm. have a, you know, a few part-time employees. Um, so I try to delegate and give them things to do. And it's hard, you it's know, so it's, hard, especially it cause it's your baby. Hard. It is my baby yep. and it is very hard, but I'm really trying to really work at that, you know, so I don't get the burnout. Um, you know, I am lucky because, you know, I get to go out, you know, here in Tucson, we lead rides in the morning. So, you know, today. Um, is an off day, but I'm leading a Zwift ride tonight for the club in Denver because I like to stay connected with everybody yeah. back there. So on Monday and Thursday nights, I lead Zwift rides and we use Discord just so we can talk and so cool. see what's going on. So I do love doing that. But, you know, and here, so I'm lucky because we have our rides in the morning. And so we set up all our group rides. And so I get to, I get up early, I work a few hours. Then I go lead these club rides. I get to be around all these great people out here. We we all laugh. We all say we feel like college, you know, college is back in session because all the snowbirds are arriving back in Tucson and all our friends. So we get so excited to see each other. It's so funny. Um, and we just actually on Sunday had a Tucson, we ride for a kickoff party at our house here. We great. had 25 people. And it was just so fun. Again, you know, like I mentioned, seeing everybody off the bike. And yeah. talking everybody off the bike. So I am lucky in my work. I do get to take a few hours out of every day and go ride my bike, you know, and just, you know, have that little kind of break and get away from the computer. And then I come back and get on the computer. I try not to hear uh, work at night. It doesn't always work that way. I try to shut off around five or six. Good girl. Um, in Denver, it's hard because we do have nighttime rides there. Sure. So. Um, I am very, very busy during the summer with all our events and everything in Denver. Um, but you know, it's, it's, it's good stuff, but I am trying to just learn from you and not get that burnout. And the board has even, even mentioned to me, Sharon, if you're not careful, you're going to burn out. So, yeah. um, I think everybody around me, they know who I am and they're trying to educate me. Kind not. of protect you from yourself yeah. a little bit, keep yes. those guardrails up just so that this whole thing doesn't crash and burn. If you say, right. I can't do this anymore. Right. <laughs> yes. Yes. Which would so. be understandable just given the amount of effort and energy that you put into it. But hopefully, yeah, you can keep some strong boundaries. And I mean, it's a great, it's honestly the struggle of anyone who's ever started something that they feel passionate about. I certainly have gone through the same thing with my law firm. Right. It is your baby. It's incredibly hard to delegate and the demands can be overwhelming and can start to really um, tax a person. And it's just such a fine line to like lead with your passion and your purpose, but also protect your self right. too. And it kind of comes and goes 
some some seasons you're better at it, some seasons you're yes, worse at it. It's and so um, true. it's so true. You guys just had an immensely successful fundraising event. I just have to brag on you for a second at Primal a few weeks ago. You raised what, $85,000? So just the club members, we did almost as a whole, we did almost $100,000. Wow. This was with Lucky to Ride and at Audi Denver. And um, I was awed by the generosity of our club, just amazed. And just the club members alone uh, raised over $85,000, um, between, you know, the live auction, the silent auction ticket sales, et cetera. Um, it was a truly amazing event. Um, all the money does go to lucky to ride. Um, so I just, it's, they're a very generous club, but I never, never expected that we started where we thought, okay, let's try to get a hundred, 150 people. And then we proposed, past that. I don't know. I think our total count was like 243 or wow. something there. Um, and it was just amazing seeing everybody come and just bid on all the different things and just the generosity just truly amazed me. Um, that's huge. I just, yeah, it blew me away. Um, you know, we also do last year we would, uh, primal asked us, if we would join their MS team. So it was primal Audi Denver we ride for. And we said, yes. Um, I think as a team, as a whole, we raised over 125,000, but just my club members alone raised over 45,000. Wow. And it's just, it, it blows me away. I mean, wow. the wonderful people I have. Um, and then just because of different donations that we get, memberships, you know, that the money we get from memberships, et cetera, uh, we donated, we surprised the Pueblo Road Warrior kids down here in May with a check for $10,000. I have never seen such big eyes in one room in my whole life. As these kids, when we did, I did this giant fake check and I yeah, had two yeah. kids walk in and surprise the teacher. Oh my gosh. It blew them away. Uh, so I love that we can do that, you know, mm -hmm. just, you know, help so many, you know, other nonprofits out. Um, so, yep, we ride to give. I mean, that's who we are. Um, that's so amazing, yes. Sharon. Yes. So, so amazing. We had a good year. So my goal was in 2022, is to be able to give over 75,000 to our partnering nonprofits because a year before it was 60. I, I think we're at this point, I know we're over, you know, it's a hundred some thousand. I haven't ran the numbers yet. I will the end of the year, but it was amazing where I just, you know, I would have been so thrilled with 75,000 to the partnering nonprofits. And then now we're way over that. So yeah, it, it does bring me a lot of joy. It makes me feel good that, mm you know, I have a very generous group, um, who realizes that we are more than a cycling club. Right. You know? Right. And, and mm -hmm. our culture in cycling can be, and I don't mean this in a direct, I mean, I'm not trying to be too critical, but just cycling in general can be a very self-centered, uh, endeavor and yes. all, you know, sort of what I'm doing in my equipment and my training and kind of with your head down, self-centered focus. Um, and this is a really exceptional thing that you've done where you've created this very beneficial organization, not just for the members who have these amazing rides and events and trips that you plan all the time, but then also 
I can't even imagine what Lucky to Ride can do with $100,000, what that will do for their program. And same for the Pueblo group receiving the $10,000 check. Like you are deeply and directly affecting those kids' lives. Uh, And, you know, to your point earlier that they're already kind of not fixated on their phones, the Pueblo warriors, and they will look you in the eyes and you're getting kids into nature. And I think I read a statistic recently, which just said on average, one in three kids in the United States now is is considered obese and is diabetic potential just because of the crap that they eat and the lack of activity and the screen time and all that stuff. So um, not only are you affecting youth in that way, but you're showing them that people believe in them, which I can't even imagine what that must mean to them. Right, right. No, it's, it's, it is truly, it's just great. And they're such, they are just great kids. And just watching them just get faster and stronger on the bike is, you know, it's, you know, as you know, just seeing all these different things bring me so much joy. I mean, it's no different than my club members, you know, watching them get faster, improve, and just watching the friendships that Mm -hmm. form in the community. I mean, we have just amazing friendships, you know, have formed. But I do, I always say, you guys, we are not just a cycling club. We are so much more. So much more. So much more. Yeah. Well, and imagine the thirst and the hunger for group uh, and community connection that COVID, uh, you know, isolated us so much and, and disconnected us. And so you've really provided an actual solution to that lack of community. And, and you do something that a lot of other race teams don't do, which is that you offer so many varieties and levels of offerings um, to technical mountain bike trips, to non-technical road rides, to long things and short things and hard things and easy things and Zwift rides that anyone can do. And so it's not like a, you can only join us if you're an elite racer kind of person. It's no, you, you have a bike and you want to come be a rad person with us. You know, we'd love to have you. And that's pretty neat. That's that's a community. Yes. And we have, you know, we have five different levels. So I mean, there's, there's a spot for everybody and, you know, like we have our gravel events do, like we mentioned in our road events, mountain bike, we do lots of just private events, mm-hmm. you know, um, some cycle solutions. Oh my gosh, I do have to give them a plug because they're always there helping us out. I mean, right. I, they just come to these events and there are seg people and, you know, it's like. You get those members who do not want to pay the 200 for SAG support, this and that. They come one time and they're like, oh my gosh, it was worth every single cent. <laughs> totally. Um, because those guys do everything for you. I mean, cool. if there's an emergency, they go out, they park a trailer, but they go out and drive the truck around to make sure everybody's safe. They have food, they have water. Um, That's amazing. So they help us with every single event we do. So we're very, very lucky there to have them on board. Um, but there is something like for everybody in this community. I mean, just we are always very busy. I mean, just out here on Saturday night, I said, okay, you guys, let's all get together. They had this thing, 23 miles of Mexican food in one spot. Oh, wow. Buy your ticket and then you get eat as much as you want. And they had drinks, everything. It was amazing. <gasps> I think, what did we have? Maybe like eight or 10 club members showed up and we all got together. That is so cool. And did this event. So it's, you know, we we're, we do a lot of different things. Like, you know, we're, like I said, we're just, we're not just a cycling club. No, we're so much so more. Neat. 
Yes. So obviously you're clicking over the calendar into 23 with the rest of us. And I imagine that the intention here is we're, we're switching back into health, wellness. Um, Sharon's moving back into a consistent, smooth, steady after these speed bumps that you've hit um, last year, especially. And so where do you, you know, what, what's on your horizon? What's, what's, what do you want to share that's on your heart or where, where are you looking from here? What's the hope? Oh my gosh. Um, what excites you? Well, I just, you know, all the different events, we already have our gravel event on the calendar. I'm very excited about that. We have a road event on the calendar. Those are, those are my babies. Those events we do are truly my babies. Um, I just love doing them and bringing everybody together. Um, we do a lot of the other events out there, but there's so many events up in the air right now. So mm-hmm. are they going to happen? Are they not happening? You know, this and that. Um, so right now I found, you know, I have found out with these club members, I think they prefer our private events over doing these events where there's 2000 people in masses. Yep. Um, so I think we're really kind of moving more in that way or doing long weekend events. I know we want to do sometime. We have a few members who live in Fort Collins and they'd love for us to come up there and they have different routes. Um, go do a weekend of riding up there, you know, sure. changing things up. Um, so I would say my goal of, of 2023 is truly just, you know, changing things up, keep offering more things to the members. and keep getting the members involved. Um, we do a lot of volunteer stuff for lucky to ride. Mm-hmm. Um, when they need volunteers, I post and usually I can come up with a bunch of volunteers for them so uh, for different events and things they do with the kids. Um, so I think that's pretty much kind of the focus there. My, you know, keeping myself healthy and, you know, plugging along and, you know, rubber side down. (laughs) (laughs) Indeed. (laughs) Yeah. So, you know, I think that's kind of what, you know, what we're looking at for 2023, Um, you know, and just keeping, just keep building up this, you know, nonprofit and keep it going. You know, I know eventually I don't want to lose the feel of the community I would say if we get around 400, maybe 500, I'll cap. Sure. Um, I can see that. You know, it's, you know, you kind of hate to do it because the memberships does bring money in. But then on the other hand, you don't want to lose that feel of community. And that I think is more important to me, you know, than the money. Um, Because there's so many different ways we can give um, with volunteering this, that. So. Yeah. So I think that's kind of, so I'll kind of watch that a little bit too. Um, but you know, good stuff ahead. Yes. Yeah. So a lot, a lot happening, a lot going on and you know, the wheels are turning on 2023. (laughs) And damn, it feels good to be alive, right? Yes. That is so true. So true. So Anyway. So in, in closing, any um, books that you love, any um, uh, quotes, uh, meditation, anything that's just recently like really landed for you or just has really been like inspiring or, or powerful for you? 
Um, I haven't had much time for reading. So I have a lot of books that I do need to read, but I haven't had much time for reading. But I would say um, the meditation, I don't know. I listen, Calm is the meditation uh-huh. app I use. But it is amazing how how every day I feel something that's in there. Like the other day, there was something on words. And there was something, you know, I think there is something somebody said that really kind of bothered me a little bit, but it was weird. Then when I listened to my meditation, it was, you know, about words and how, you know, we all need to be more careful with our words. And so that was very kind of interesting. And then again, you know, just kind of like, you know, the roller coaster, you know, um, you know, that I live, you know, that you have to live on, like, you know, me every three months, you know, I have to go get my blood checked and this and that. So it's Mm -hmm. still the breast cancer stuff is fairly new. And there's still a little bit of anxiety there. Um, My numbers weren't great last time on one of my markers, but we're waiting till the end of January. So there is that fear and anxiety. And it's like trying not to let it take over you and then it was amazing like the meditation this morning had about the roller coaster it was called actually and just not letting that fear and anxiety take over i don't know it's so funny i feel like the my meditations that i get um that could always come on calm are ones that match up perfect which what is going on that day or during that time mm-hmm. so I would say that's kind of where, you know, right that's now. That's a great chair. Yeah. More, that's a great chair. Just more into letting myself become, breathe, grounded, um, you know, trying to focus more on that. You know, um, life is short and I know that. You don't know from one minute to the next, from what happened to my son to this, you know, I just, I want to keep my life so it's, you know, more on the calm side. So um, it's hard to do that sometimes, as you know, uh, we get very mm-hmm. involved and just go, go, go. Mm-hmm. So anyway, so I would yeah. say that's a big goal for me for 2023. So that's a fantastic one. Uh, and I think just the more we learn about meditation and um, mindfulness and how destructive multitasking and distraction actually are for us. Um, and how it is kind of unhinging us. I think that's a really wonderful addition and certainly it can only benefit your health and it will only benefit your blood levels and your markers. And, um, yeah, the world wants us to believe that everything is urgent and needs it's important and it's just constantly vying for our time and our attention and our energy. And, um, it's, it's funny how hard it can be to sort of take back our lives and our singular focus and, um, so I'm proud of you because that's a big one. That's a big Thank one. You. Yes. That's huge. Yes. So there, that's what my goal is for 2023. And awesome. Just to get better at it. Awesome. You know. Well, Sharon, thank you for your time this morning. Megan, thank you. Thank you for having me on. It was so great to just talk to you and catch up. And um, I just I love- really appreciate it. Thank you so much for sharing your, your brave stories, being brave enough to share them. And like you said, it does benefit us all to share our stories. There's something we can all learn from it rather than us closing down and thinking that we should just keep things to ourselves and sort of silently suffer. So thank you for sharing those experiences and 
for everything you're doing for the group and for the cycling community and for all those kids that you're benefiting. I can't wait to come join you in person for one of those. We're um, excited to have you. So, and we'll just wrap up again. It's we ride for the number four.org for anyone yes. who wants to join the team, get involved, um, donate, donate items, donate money, donate time. That's how they find you. Yes. Yes. Awesome. Megan, thank you. Thank you. Thank you, dear. Thank you for listening to Maximum Enthusiasm with Megan Hotman. Subscribe, check out our blog, and learn more at MaximumEnthusiasm.com.